Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Monday Night Raw tonight. Is this the season premiere of Raw, oh, then? Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> the draft would indicate a new thing. That doesn't happen until after Crown Jewel. So we'll just we'll say the season premiere is the Raw after Crown Jewel. Okay, fair if enough. If they insist on making it a bollocks thing. Um... Raw's been really good in recent weeks, I thought. It's an automatically bad show, so that would be impossible. Um, and tonight we've got a s- selection of some very good matches. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair teaming together against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Some King of the Ring stuff from Crowns, Queen's Crowns Tournament. I just call it Queen of the Ring for piss's sake. For the sake of a podcast, mm. you not just give us that. Uh, but we're going to begin with the WWE champion, of course, Big E. <laughs> Going face-to-face with Drew McIntyre ahead of defending his title against Drew at Crown Jewel. I sense this is going to be rinse and repeat of what happened last week, which is they'll go face-to-face and then two generic jobbers are going to come out and say, I don't think you two can get along. Thoughts? Yeah, we'll probably get some kind of impromptu match stemming from this. Uh, The one last week was actually all right. Everyone worked hard. They all work hard for (laughs) for, for knee reason. Who remembers that match last week? Will anyone ever remember that match last week? Babyface versus babyface builds are tricky, particularly since in this case, one would expect Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns to be a big, overlong winter program. Um, the idea being that Drew will play the babyface who Roman beats repeatedly through nefarious means before The Rock comes in. Yeah, I'm being very cynical about this, but I don't think I can be blamed if you've got a brain in your head. Therefore, if they're not turning Drew, 
And they're certainly not going to turn Big E, otherwise they're even stupider than I thought possible. <laughs> um, I expect, yeah, as he said, like, can they coexist? It's not the first time I'm going to say that on this podcast today as well. Can Big E and Drew McIntyre coexist? My initial feelings? Hang on, I'll check. No, dear, that's yeah, wrong. I can do it. I'm a little bored. Um, but we'll see. Look, if anyone's going to play situational heel here, it would probably be Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And if they've got any brain in their head, WWE, they will have seen, we referenced this earlier on the... No, dear, that's wrong. We referenced this earlier on the uh, on the SmackDown review. They will have seen the fact they got Big E out of everyone, anyone and everyone they could have got to do this. I mean, I remember watching the Super Bowl years ago, a couple of years ago maybe, maybe this year, I don't know, time has no meaning. And The Rock introduced the two teams, like Kansas City Chiefs or whoever it may be. Um, and you have, you know, like Ron Perlman, I think, sometimes does voiceovers for, for UFC. For Fury Wilder 3, one of the biggest boxing matches of the decade, I think it's fair to say, they got Big E to introduce both men, to shout, Bomb Squad, and talk about Fury being a gypsy king. Surely WWE will realize what they've got on their hands now in that mouthpiece. I mean, granted, that was scripted, so maybe WWE is slightly justified, but just don't give him some crap verbiage to do in this face-to-face -face joust with Drew McIntyre. Big E's always had the balls to just... When given rubbish material, and Jesus Christ, for a guy with so much star power potential, they've given him some rubbish. Old day, etc., etc. Doctor, were they the doctors? Or were the club the doctors? The club were the doctors. Pathetic, because they had these balls in a jar. <laughs> what did they? What else might they've had in his jar? His cack. <laughs> Look, he can tell you without saying as much this material sucks sometimes he's outright said it like i've gotten very few um concerns that they're going to make biggie look like a tit here the more prominent of my concerns is that they're going to make him look generic in this pretty dry babyface versus babyface build but we'll see they've got two weeks they've got this week and next week and then we're already at crown jewel by thursday it's a great potential matchup just don't screw it up. It's not difficult, is it? I mean, it's probably going to be not very good because it's in Saudi Arabia. I mean, they just... The card for Saudi Arabia does look amazing right now. It's sort of Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. That looked like one of the best Brock Lesnar matches. We all know the goddamn crack. He works better against performers of that ilk. And it sucked because it was a two-minute squash. But <laughs> it's just, there's something about the atmosphere and the sentiment surrounding these shows that... It f then again, they have said they want to make it more canonized mm -hmm. and they want to make it feel more like something fans should give a toss about. So maybe, just maybe, the subtext behind that is we will not work it like we're on a goddamn European tour, which is to say just do it in a lower gear because these fans are less hard to impress than the Americans. We tour, of more tour in front of more frequently. Mm. Oh, well, I'll wait and see what happens with uh, with E and Drew McIntyre and instead talk about what one would assume is going to be the main event of the evening. It's a sensational match on paper. A match of the year candidates, oh, I might say. On. But Away. the story is, can they coexist? It's have, you, have you just asked me 
or told me this is a match of the year candidate because you've got a bullet point saying match of the year candidate. No, I haven't actually. Good, because it won't be that good. But I mean, on paper, it is a match of the year candidate. It's mm. just... Is it... Charlotte Flair's been quite inconsistent this year. Yeah, that's fair. Charlotte's teaming with Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair on the other side of things. And the question is, I mean, can they coexist? Well, which tag team are you referring to? Because in this case, it's both. <laughs> so is it both? Yeah, both. Can both teams coexist? Well, remind me of the teams. Becky and Charlotte, Sasha and Bianca. But Becky and Charlotte are like eternal rivals who hate each other and have been feuding with one another since about 2018, off and on. And next month we'll be facing each other if things stay as they are with brand warfare, etc. Indeed. So they probably can't coexist. Just a hunch. And uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are currently embroiled in a feud. So we know they don't like each other. They were telling us that they don't like one another on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, we know why this match exists. It exists to get a load of names in one match. It exists to build towards the uh, triple threat match upcoming at Crown Jewel. We know... This is what WWE does. You could have Sasha Banks at her most creative. I love her cut-off spots. They're so fantastic. You could have her at her most creative. You could have Bianca Belair hoist all three women when it is revealed that she and Sasha Banks, in fact, can't coexist. So she decides to do a a three-stack kiss of death. You could do all of this amazing, cool stuff, and Michael Cole is going to ruin it by constantly asking me if they can coexist before it all breaks down. I get pissed off. Honestly, the commentary so bad. Everything about WWE's presentation is so bad. I remember, man, this is a bit of an incidental tangent. But when uh, Danielson and Punk, when the rumors were circulating in that magical period before they actually did turn up in AEW, when every other mark, and I'm including myself in mm-hmm. that group, every other mark basically was like, right, I'll go on the network. I'm going to fire up my favorite Daniel Bryan and CM Punk matches to get hyped. And then I made it through about one of each, and I thought, you know what? I'm listening to uh, Grisham and Cole <laughs> on commentary, and I, I can't do this, so I'm just going to watch the matches in ROH instead. <laughs> yeah, I foresee I, I in this one, Becky going to the corner to get the tag and Charlotte Flair hopping down and going, oh, I'm sure you got this handled. I thought you were, you were the man, aren't you? She walks out. And then maybe Becky turns around into a KOD, into a backstabber by uh, Sasha Banks. And then my concern along with that is Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair win. And for some reason, Bianca Belair forgets everything that's happened in the past with her and Sasha Banks and celebrates with her only to get wrecked by Sasha again because she has to stand tall. So just to clarify, because you said a lot of words there, you are booking a scenario in which several of these women look like idiots. Yes, Yeah, that's how we'll do it. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Elsewhere on this show, we have uh, more matches in the King of the Ring tournament and the Queen's Crown tournament. I will get it right eventually. Um, Let's start with King of the Ring and whether or not WWE will actually let our and specifically his dreams come true with one Xavier Woods. He is facing Ricochet tonight. Ricochet soon to be drafted, of course, to SmackDown, hopefully get a fresh start. So in theory, he could lose here and he wouldn't lose any of his shine. Well, I'm watching the same. I'm watching the shows on telly. Like It's not as if one of them is a house show. It's not as if he's leaving the territory to go to a different territory. He has been made to look pretty good on Raw. That's all I'm saying. Look, my God. This is another match where it's like, if this company could just book competently, and with consistency, and I was allowed to invest in the trajectory of both men subsequent to it, I wouldn't be an arsehole. I wouldn't be a miserable, cynical prick about it. I would be, like, hyped, because I think, under the right circumstances, these two men can work magic together, and we might, in fact, see some glimpses of it. Like, Xavier Woods is sorely underrated as a babyface. Ricochet is so talented that he can literally book like the tosspot geek that he is and still, within the context of a pro wrestling match, get over and make people lose their minds because he's so awesome. This will be, at best, great in the moment. Mm. At worst, a crowd conditioned to not take a guy like Ricochet seriously as a star or as someone who might do something cool in the future. They'll sit on the hands until the good stuff, and by the time the good stuff comes, it might be too late to get the reaction these two could clearly work towards if they just had anything competent going on in their creative. Do you think Xavier Woods could reach the final of the King of the Ring, though? It's, I'll say one thing. It's cool that he's in it, or is it cruel? Because Liv Morgan was in the Queen's Crown. Mm. What a stupid title, incidentally. You know what? Even as I complete that thought, it just makes no sense. I was going to say... That if they called it Queen of the Ring, right, they could have some of the nearly there, if you're generous through osmosis, the King of the Ring still has a certain prestige. Like, I don't think about Barrett and Sheamus, I think about Brett Owen Austin, as someone like Xavier Woods does. By calling it Queen of the Ring, they could have just lent on the prestige and got the tournament over as something prestigious before it happened and you could call it whatever name you want it's still doing two opening round matches that are going three minutes 40 seconds um i've said before xavier woods needs to aim higher than a rebooted king of the ring that never 
means anything like it did in the 90s because I think it's um, it's a misplaced ambition. I think he can do a lot more, but it personally means a lot to him. And it's something that he's in the tournament as a predominant tag team guy. So, yes, I'm going with Xavier Woods, even though they're not very nice to the guys, usually, are they? WWE, so they might just be uh, being knobs. You and I booked on the SmackDown preview last week the potential of the Mysterios facing each other in the later rounds of this tournament. I'll be honest, I was anticipating a longer tournament than quarterfinal, semifinal, final, because you've got, what, 10 hours to fill before Crown Jewel, so why not put on more matches? But yeah, they're, well, they're not. They hate tournaments. Despite the fact I love them and they're really easy. And they, why do they do them? I don't know. They, they organically create storylines, but yeah, whatever. We booked the Mysterious Facing Jewel, though that's not happening. Uh, but on that side of things, you've got Xavier Woods versus Ricochet and also Kofi Kingston versus Jinder Mahal. Now, I know... Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal would be a heel versus a baby face. But is there a chance we could get Kofi versus Xavier in the semis? Because I do think that's a genuinely intriguing prospect. Is a one-off exhibition that as the graduating drama really starts to accelerate and a few shortcuts are taken, a few looks of betrayal are exchanged and it starts to really become this fight, that could build to something great. You can imagine that Xavier and Kofi would kind of want to work together just once. I know all three members of the New Day are on record saying, don't break this up. People love the fact that we're still together. Even if we're not completely like booked as a unit, it's cool that we can be the faction that just stays friends and can reunite whenever and it adds a little bit of believability and consistency to everything we do just by virtue of being in this loosely affiliated unit. All that being said, as I've just said, there's enormous dramatic potential to do an exhibition that turns a little bit ugly between them, after which they can just shake hands. They could just have, and I, this word has been bastardized like so much is in WWE, they could simply have the moment of a really hot, emotional, unpredictable, different match that matters to one person's career, I guess, if they become the King of the Ring in the aftermath. But if nothing else, it's just a match with a different tenor to it mm. than most things that we see in WWE. So for those reasons, yes, I would like um, Kofi and Xavier on a one-off basis. I don't want either of these people to play heel. No. Then again, you know what? I've said this before. WWE gives you so few talking points and no reason at all to discuss things that might happen in the future without sort of a lens of cynicism. Like I've said in the past, like Kofi realistically could play an amazing heel, but I like the New Day being a thing forever. Yeah, and I don't want Jinder Mahal on my TV any more than he absolutely has to be, so him losing in the effectively first round, but also quarterfinals of this tournament is fine by me. I'd have Kofi beat Jinder tonight, and then, yeah, have that moment. I mean, not necessarily of realisation, they can tell, but just that moment backstage of, well, looks like it's me versus you next week. Shake hands. And if you want to go even further, because I think this might actually intrigue some people, maybe you were quite casual, Kofi versus Xavier for a spot at the finals of the King of the Ring tournament and to make sure it's called down the middle, Big E's pulling on the referee jumper. Uh, I mean, you could just get someone who knows how to do the job. I hate the special referee thing. But, but he would be... In this scenario, yes. In this scenario, like, 
Big E could be the one good special referee there's ever been, and that is Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 28, where he actually enhances the drama of the match, makes the result, the improbable result, feel like it's actually going to happen in the moment. Yeah, that was an awesome performance from Michaels. Um, Big E could genuinely get across the idea of, come on, lads, don't take it too far. I still like the boys together, all the rest of it. Um yeah, I love that idea, Wilbur. Mm. Watch them not do it. And, well, this is, this is the bit where I sell them on it. Not sell you, so I know you're going to hate I this. I can't be sold on anything, mate. But he can't work out how it should work, this. He's like, what am I meant to do? And they're like, you're meant to count to three. And he's like, what? And they're like, one pancake, two pancake, three pancakes. And there you go. There's the selling it to Vince. Because pancakes, stuff. And then you can have pancakes with numbers on them to sell on the fucking shop, you greedy bastard. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Queen's Crown Tournament. Let's switch over to the other one because uh, elsewhere in there, we've also got Hidujab versus <laughs> Natalia. Skip. Oh, no, sorry. We're not on the <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen the match yet. Dewdrop wins, doesn't she? Because Natalia can't put a sharpshooter on. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite bit in maybe what culture history. Adam Wilborn, who's genuinely enthusiastic, and that's a rare thing, genuine enthusiasm can get hyped and psyched about the the goddamn running bit about Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Uh-huh, yeah. And you cannot bring yourself to feign enthusiasm about literally anything Natalia's ever done. No. We've been, we've been round and round with this so many times. And I know... She's been it like, what, t- like 11 years? Easy, yeah. And I just... She's done everything. Everything. She farted, for Christ's sake, for a bit. Just, like... Uh, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Well, then again, it was obvious on SmackDown. You have Liv Morgan win, and you have uh, Tony Storm win. And there you go. It's a great semi-final there. Two people getting elevated. No. Carmella and Zelina Vega, who... Can't stop losing. They've won. And then here you go, well, you got Dudu Abu, and you got Shayna Baszler, and they had a thing last week. So they, so it'll probably be Dana Brooke versus Natalia in the semi final for all I know. So just to be clear, if you don't want Natalia to win, you want. Yeah, me too, because uh, Natalia's really boring. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Is that right? She has these weird moments where she kind of just stops. Oh, for, I've just realized Eva Marie's going to come back and. Oh, he's gonna win. We're gonna have to watch another so the, match. Even Marie's gonna cost. Yeah, but I don't want that. I want I want Shayna Baszler versus in the semi-final because I want Shayna Baszler to win the whole thing. Because it, I mean, let's be honest, it's on this side of the bracket to win the whole thing. In it, Carmella and Zelina Vega aren't winning this, are they? And she's a queen of stomach. Got a card. She, what's she gonna do to Dana Brooke? I'm so excited for this tonight because Dana Brooke thought last week you know, I had to beat a UFC fighter. Grappling. <laughs> oh, whatever uh, whatever Dana Brooke does, like I really hope that Corey Graves look that here's the thing, they made a they made a thing about it last week and people online talked about it to a degree and it was incredibly exhausting. So Corey Graves, who loves to exhaust people, is going to do something again in terms of burying Dana Brooke and people are gonna talk about it in bad faith again. Like, certain Bits of online discourse, like who can be asked? I remember Chelsea Green art theft discourse. <laughs> My you, the thing is, 
you don't have to talk about everything. Like, there's a bit of discourse that you don't have to have a take on everything. Just ignore it and it'll go away. You're 100% right, though. I, I mean, I want Shayna Baszler to snap Dana Brooke's arm in half because I want her, because she's, she's on this tear right now. You're telling me there's a chance that she might become world champion and everything's going to be all right again. But you're 100% spot on. Never mind all that bollocks. There was a brief discussion last week. So they're going to go, Dana, I want you to go up top, go for a crossbody, and Shayna just not be there or duck out the way so that bloody Corey Graves can go, <laughs> that was wank, right, on the commentary. And then there's just another week of chat about WWE and socials talking about us, even if the rating keeps dwindling. Yeah, the specter of engagement haunts us all. Mm. And, yeah... It's a weird one this week, isn't it, Raw, in terms of the fact that it's not the week of Crown Jewels, so there's not going to be any Goldberg or anything like that. It's just spinning the wheels this week, and this is what we're getting as a result of it all. At least there's a few matches we've not seen, like... Mm. <laughs> I'll probably run them back next week, let's no, be honest. No, no, no. The extent of my... But now the thing with tournaments is, like, by the very nature of tournaments, you get matches that we haven't seen. Actually, no, we've got Lair Liv Morgan versus Carmella, so suck my cat. <laughs> Right, let us know your thoughts ahead of tonight's episode of Money Arrow on Is Twitter. Is that literally it? We've done it, yeah. I can't be bothered to talk about anymore or anything else. There's nothing so, else nothing else previewed. There's nothing else advertised. You know what? Bollocks to him. Look, Xavier Woods versus Ricochet could biggity bang. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully. Give him time. And, the, you know, the the women's main event as well. I'm just dreading the, the, the commentary. Yes, as we all are every week. And also I'm intrigued to see... More Austin Theory being a dick to legends, which was quite enjoyable on Raw last week. But let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the SmackDown review and the Rampage review out earlier on today. And tomorrow, of course, our Raw review will be out. And if you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling and leave us a five-star review on there, you can suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of Natalia. Talia's match. Uh, so let us know. Well, <laughs> I choose what that is. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.